0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Cherry Jam. Uh, We've got a a slightly reduced uh, group today, so Snowy isn't with us. He's doing some sort of cycling thing in Essex, uh, which is nowhere near Edinburgh or Sale or wherever the hell he lives these days. Anyway, um, but we've got Lawrence Landry or Loz, uh, Jim Harley and Russ Brooks. Um, We're going to start this week with just a brief overview of the uh, European Games um, uh, over the weekend and what it means for Gloucester Rugby. there's an interview with, from myself and a chap called Walker Marshall, who uh, travels from Edinburgh to Gloucester for every home game, which is bonkers, but we'll come on to that later on. Uh, and then we're going to finally, uh, we're going to talk about the, um, well, basically, perilous financial situation that's now engulfing all of rugby, including Gloucester rugby, um, and what it could mean. Um, whether this podcast even exists in six months. Uh, so, um, anyway, we'll we'll sort of start off. Um, uh, over the weekend, there were the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup and the uh, European Champions Heineken Cup, whatever it's called these days. Uh, victories for Bristol and Toulon, which means that Leicester are out. Which means that Gloucester, yeah. they, which means that Gloucester finish eighth. We are definitely qualified for the Champions Cup next season. And in the Champions Cup, victories for Racing, uh, dumping the cheating bastards of Saracens out of the Cup. And uh, actually, to be fair to them, and a wonderful win for Exeter. Uh, We'll go straight to the first, most important bit, which is what it means for Gloucester rugby. So, uh, basically, Leicester losing to Toulon means that um, Gloucester are qualified for the Champions Cup, which is good news, I suppose. Who wants to take that on, first
1: of all? Um, Yeah, well, I would say we're not qualified yet. But... As terrible as Gloucester can be at times when we need to just do a little bit, Worcester are not good enough to get 10 points from Sale and Saracens. I'm sorry, Worcester fans. Yeah, so uh, as much as Gloucester love to scare us and make us very disappointed at the last second, even if Gloucester get zero points from their remaining games, I find it incredibly hard to believe that Worcester are going to get 10 points from playing Sale and Saracens. So I am quite confident that we're going to be in the top tier of Europe. And I'm going to be looking at some lovely places in Europe that I can't go and travel to. Mm.
0: Um, And also places in Europe we're going to get stuffed in.
1: Uh, Yeah, because we're not going to have a very good tier, are we? And we're going to be up against the likes of uh, Bordeaux or Leinster or... Racing to to lose again, you know, the, those sorts of teams. Um, but actually, sometimes that does bring the best out of Gloucester playing against those really, really good teams.
2: Well, that was what was infuriating about the season, wasn't it? Um, Ackerman sent what we would deem to be almost reserve teams, and we came close to pushing them. And we, yeah, yes, but then, then got that's, that's
1: happened historically, hasn't it? I mean, we sent i mean mm. United side or whatever to, to Bath in the Cup many years ago, didn't we? Uh, and ended up winning there. So, well, I can remember sending. Um, I think it was under Nigel Davis.
2: Um, we sent over um, the reserves to Munster because I was there, and um, I think. Uh, uh, and we pushed them close, and couldn't. The overriding feel of leaving that game was Jesus Christ! that was an opportunity missed. Yeah, I know. yeah, but then uh, at the
1: I, same time, you 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 have got to you know play with your squad, haven't you? And and if oh, you yeah, game, if extent. you think a game is. Worth oh, saving your top I'm team sorry, to but it. I disagree
2: completely. If you're in the Heineken Cup or whatever they want to call it, Champions Cup, you don't send your reserves. To them, well, no, to no I, I think I think Rest in the Heineken game,
1: yeah, I think like you say, in the Heineken Cup, you have almost that duty to respect the competition that you're in. Can you remember the play shit every game Borg like Gwanga. it's important? Yeah, Borgwan is you well, said it, look, send the reserves to
2: Le- Leinster
1: and had a 90-plus point stepping handed to them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Bourguin, I, I Bourguin did French, that quite
1: a lot, didn't they? The French teams don't tend to do that so often. I mean, the likes of Toulouse uh, and Racing, they take it very, very seriously, don't they? And I yeah. think there's a few of the other clubs that are maybe um, a bit yo-yo-y um, in, in the French league, and they do concentrate on the top 14, don't they? they they take the European Cup as a a very much less important um, competition than the top 14. But I think the the, the teams that have been in it for years and years, and Clermont, as I'd include in that as well, they take it far more seriously. Because actually, once you've been in it, the sort of the romance of the thing. And especially when you get get to the knockout stages and don't quite make it, you kind of have that sudden want to to start performing a little bit better and, and actually prove that you are worthy of, you know, playing against the the top sides, like your, your Toulouse and your Leinster and your, <laughs> the unmentionables. Yeah, I nearly said it.
2: Now, all I was going to say was, with, with regards to going back to the league position, and that Worcester have got to play Sale on their last hurrah. Sorry, not Sale, Saracens on their last hurrah, before that team is packed up and sent away for good. Um, they've just lost in Europe. They're not going to want to drop any points, are they? They're going to want to... I-, I can see that being Saracens' strongest possible side going out just as a sort of a... As a swan song
1: for him, yeah. Swan song, it... yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was quite emotional, actually, um, talking about Saracens. Just... <laughs> some of the interviews. No, it was like some oh, of the interviews they were having. Hardly. I'm not going to mention Sonia McLaughlin's, I mean, Twitter. Right. About, no, um, no, that was a bit embarrassing. But, um, just some of the, some of the chats, you know, like Brad Barrett, you know, that could be his last ever game, you know, of any significance and things like that. And I was like, there's a lot of players and I don't have any sympathy for Saracens as a club. Um, and a lot of the players, you know, they're not that stupid as to not realise what was going on. But, like the likes of Ben Earl, who has been a little bit talking we when he's talking about Saracens, and then in the same sentence we when he's talking about Bristol, um, it was kind of a bit. It was a bit of a funny weekend because you've got players that weren't playing for Saracens that were there in the in the pool stage and now aren't there, and it was kind of it just it just is a bit it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because the seasons. Spread over, yeah, it's the same team. for all teams, though, yeah, isn't it? It's because, the of the way oh, yeah, it's gone. yeah, it is, you and I think well, you, you situation just so. even more yeah. weird, yeah. You almost certainly will never have
2: the situation where uh, Wrestling 92 will play in two different European competitions in the same season. The same goes for Toulouse, obviously. Mm. Um, so it, it's just been bizarre for stop start. One thing I would say with Saracens whilst they were a bunch of cheating bastards when it comes to the rules of our league, and technically that makes them in Europe as well. It did put them more on a level playing field with moneybags of Munster and Leinster well, and also the French teams now, as it? well. I yeah. know, I know. But look, we've got our rules and they've infringed on them, but when it came to Europe, it put them on a bit more of a level playing yeah, field. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. I understood that, mate. Go on, Russ, you go, mate.
3: I was just going to say, I think for me, and this is, to be fair, this one isn't Sarri's, what can piss off is this last dance narrative crap, where they're like, oh it's their swan song and stuff, because if you're going to compare that to anything, what they're comparing it to, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is a documentary about the Chicago Bulls, where their owner decided he was binning the manager and the team, so they had a chip on their shoulder and went out and put in one of the best seasons ever. It's not the same, and I just find it boring that we're suddenly all meant to love Saracens again when they broke the rules. And oh, god, yeah, and that's oh, what true. I mean. That, that's the bit I find tiresome, yeah. I, am I very, feel very sorry tired for the... of
1: that because, yeah, I, nobody I suddenly for... starts loving Lance Armstrong or thinks that you know, I, I, I think that other, was... other drug cheats, you know, from, from athletics or, or whatever, like Ben Johnson, they didn't. didn't start involving well, him onto question a sport. I, who who, so who was a
2: sprinter for American Sprinter failed to was it two or three tests Gallin. and then eventually just oh, yeah, yeah, a and, and then then he went on and beat bloody um you say bolt, bolt and everyone yeah. just assumed
3: he was cheating again. So I mean that's exactly that like Jim Redman that's what I was going to come on to is as someone who's a fan of cycling, you have a long period of cycling now where you can't and the joke was cycling to be fair, slight like, is and it's probably similar with rugby to be fair. Cycling they, they had to they can't announce any replacement winners for for Lance Armstrong, because if you go down
1: the list, doping Cheat was second, doping. and Cheat Yeah, you, you, you end up giving the title to the person that was sixth or something. Yeah, yeah.
2: And,
3: and you could argue there's that. There's a question of, mark over yeah, there well, as well. Yeah, well, the thing is with
2: rugby is you don't know how the league would have ended up if they yeah. weren't cheating. I know, cheating. and
3: that's what I was coming on to, Laz. And equally, I think it's also, let's be fair, most teams have not always been to them right in adhering to the salary cap. Um, no, no, no.
0: I mean, the one thing. So, I, I will t- we'll touch on some of the results briefly, but I'll come on to that Sonia McLaughlin tweet because I responded. Um,
3: oh, so it was in a personal there,
0: capacity rather than the cherry jam uh, uh, tweets. But it, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, it put them on the level part, playing field with likes of Leinster and the French teams, etc. But none of, the, well, apart from maybe one or two, none of the other English sides did.
1: Well, they, no. surely they could have applied to join the top 14 or exactly. the. It, it, the whole, um, that, the whole argument it's, or it's, it's it is it's a yes.
0: nonsense argument. At the, the end of the day, Saracens cheated. They basically cost, you know, by them um, financially doping, it cost other teams in the English Premiership opportunities to play in the Heineken Cup. Yeah. It meant that it meant that play. It meant that teams um, in the Heineken Cup didn't win because Saracens were financially doping. Um, you know, the likes of. Uh, last, for example, last season, you know, they, they've Saracens were massively financially doping. Gloucester played them in the semi-final was, and got uh, Gloucester could have got, got to the pounds. final last year. Um, I mean, all right, the likelihood of us being extra probably slim. But the point is, you don't oh, know. We beat them on their own patch last
2: season, so why not? Yeah, they, but
1: you don't know, and, and, and they, they, you know they that's why. Week after, though, didn't they? <laughs> I, I, yeah yeah. But I can't. Well, not I, you know what's no, yeah, exactly. I can't
0: I can't have any sympathy for Saracens. I have sympathy for some of their supporters. I have sympathy for yeah. some of their players. Brad Barrett is a is a stalwart. And you know, I think it's sad that potentially that was his last game. By the way, I would say he had a fantastic game. Um, but um, in terms of the actual games themselves, um, I, thought they actually, to be fair, I thought the actual Racing Saracens game was pretty dull up until the last 10 minutes when Racing actually managed to ca- catch him. Pass the ball properly.
1: Yeah, they 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 were putting a lot of pressure on, weren't they? And they just it just wasn't working out for them. No, it was quite a traditional game, wasn't it? So so impressed with how calm Finn Russell is. Just ridiculously chilled, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And and they just kept going, and they were like, no, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah. Well, I have to That's say, great. if we
2: can find a few shillings down the back of the sofa to sign up the centre, that wouldn't be the end of the world. That uh, yeah, <laughs> tower, that <was>, uh, <laughs>
0: <yeah, so> tower. <that laughs> there are rumours. Um, you, you we'll the... He'd
3: want to come to Gloucester at the moment. Yeah,
0: you? well, we'll come on to the financials of this in, later on, but yeah, there are rumours. Um, and then, you. obviously, the other side of the other semi-final, which was the Toulouse um, extra game, total opposite. I mean, it was a, one of the best games of rugby I've seen all season. It was a fantastic advert, and, and uh, Colby is just I mean how he didn't step out of touch for their their try I'll, I'll never know.
3: Yeah, I mean he's he's a great player. I BT actually retweeted a tweet of mine where they put that video Ooh. up of him. And I put jokingly put there's that cliche in rugby, a good big man will always be a good little man. And then it's like Colby, hold my beer. He's mm. just yeah. that was when he bumped off the Ulster 12, who oh, his name I forgot, he's bloody huge. He's been lifted to catch a light, uh a kickoff in that video clip. He's just a fantastic player, isn't he?
1: It's fantastic, isn't it? It's just a massive advertisement for rugby, is yeah. a game for all sides. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I've said this before about Anthony Watson and the singles with Colby. They could say so set you in a telephone box, can they? Honestly, yeah, it's, it's yes. ridiculous what they can do.
3: Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of things in that I didn't see the whole game. I mean, the one clipper I still find amazing is how Noel stayed on the pitch for that. That one. Uh, right, think, I missed
1: I think, that bit. See,
0: I think. See, I saw that. I, I saw it the, the live, and I saw your tweet, Russ. And I, I do understand where you're coming from, but. I, I, there's a bit of me that thinks it's fair if you slow it down, which they do. I think it's pretty instantaneous. And, and you know what? I don't I know. I, instinct- I,
3: I, I can kind of see it's instinctive, but I can't see what he's trying to do. I can't see how you can say that's a legitimate tackle or attempt to yeah. grab a man and roll in and stop him grinding. It, it feels it feels a bit. And he's not the only player, you know, who. No, no, it, it happens either. quite often. It happens it? a lot. And I don't understand what you're trying to do other than literally use your body as a weapon a la the NFL, where it's mm. just I'll smash them and hope they, they fumble it.
0: Yeah, um, I, it, I, I, I totally, I get where you're coming from. I didn't see for that one. I didn't think it was that bad. I think that, to be fair, and also like 15 seconds later, the same second row was uh, was rumping down the field. So he didn't really do many time I mean, time. it was a hell
3: of a finish anyway. It wasn't. It, yeah, was it was a great try. I mean, I feel Exeter have been after this for a long time, haven't they? So you know they finally got what they wanted, they haven't always delivered in Europe and you can certainly say they did this year, you know, they've yeah. got to the final it'll be, it should be a hell of a final really if they open up and actually it'll be a hell of a final if someone finally pings Exeter for not going off their feet and sealing off all the time
4: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it,
3: it, honestly in fury, it was, I thought that was, was what was, we had changing the yeah. law for but they just yeah, get was, away with it, it was, more than it any bad.
1: team and um, you know sort of pre- the cherry jam whatsapp group that we have. We had the uh, the Marseille WhatsApp group, didn't we? Where we were chatting about going to Marseille to to watch the final and it's actually gonna be about twenty five minutes down the road uh, on the train or like Aix en
0: Provence isn't it en Provence but but the uh, Marseille Cup final- Ashton
1: Gate mate.
3: It's gonna Ashton
1: Gate. Is it yeah. what, the yeah. Cup final? Yeah is exactly. it really? Yeah. I thought it was Aix en Provence no, break breaking news for Ed, it's oh, gonna be at Ashton did, Gate. Didn't know. There we go. Oh well, I
3: think we it was it something to do with the finances, it's probably as dull as the premiership. Well, no, final. I think there,
1: there's been a bit of chat, hasn't there, about well, what's the point in having a final at Twickenham, for example? Yes, a lot more expensive. Because they wanted
3: five hundred grand allegedly. Yeah, so wow.
1: why why have a, a final at an empty Twickenham when it costs a fortune to run an empty Twickenham? And the King's home has been muted a couple of times, because um, Gloucester aren't going to be there (laughs) Um, so you know if you you just want a nice piece of grass and a relatively central easy place to get to and you think if it's going to be sale against Exeter for example you know somewhere sensible doesn't it um, does does make sense so I kind of like that that's that's a bit of common sense Um, and it's just annoying that there's going to be a Heineken Cup final down the road and um, we can't have a a weekend in Bristol to see it, so they've got they've gone to
2: they've gone to Bristol because Lansdowne's short of a penny or two, haven't they? Yeah, um, well,
3: I mean, free. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Well, well I mean, w-
0: w- one thing I say is uh, that took talking about Bristol. Um, they they were excellent in their in their eventual win yeah. over though in the in the final. I'm um, to be fair to them. That again, that was a fantastic game of rugby. Um, yeah. Malins is ridiculous, Max Malins. Um. The rumors that Gloucester were after him um last year I think there were rumors again that we were after him for next season as in not the season coming the season after um yes please um he is very good I like him I'd have him every, every day of the week um and then Randrada again is just obscene uh, and he's every he's every a bit of the
2: player that we thought he would be. Um, apart from when you said he that. wasn't.
3: Yeah, apart <laughs> well, no, from when no, no, no. you gave he not Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I said it, he oh, was a class
2: oh, player. I know. I said he was a class player. You know. Player. He just, it was an awful match that he had. That was all. I did say that. They're again. playing him right now, aren't they? Yeah, they're oh, finding wow, space they for him, aren't they? And I,
3: I think, look, to credit to Briss, because they rested a lot of players, didn't they? They got pumped against Sale. Yeah. They rotated players and they, they gambled. They, you know, they put the house on winning in that game. So... That they delivered, didn't they? They've got a final,
1: and again, I think it, they'll win it as well. Personally, I, I, I can't see The way, way too long played less played against Leicester. Yeah, they were awful, really. weren't I they? mean, um, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, and, it, well, and that pitch, I mean, it oh, made the word. wreck look like decent grass, didn't it? Well, <laughs> they looked like the too long. We
2: put seventy points against the too long that won the cha- the, the Champions Cup, yeah, and, and that, that Leicester, was airport, so.
3: that was a fully loaded Leicester, and they were not good, were they? No, no they were
0: very better. poor. I thought the only one. through!
3: Genge, Genge stood out, but yeah, you know, having been told was like, uh, I think Leicester might come good. You know, I fully stacked team and well, yeah,
1: so. and actually talking about that, you know, what changes there are going to be for Leicester for next season?
0: Well, we'll come on to we'll come on to whether it even I matters. Did, in yeah, in a bit.
1: I did,
3: yeah. Um, I feel but, for, um, I, the one I felt sorry for was Ford. I thought Ford was quite. All right. So you're the only game?
2: person in the world ever.
3: Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. He's one of those players, and he's up and down. I, I quite when he's on his game and he's playing flat, he's a good player. But he needs help around him, and he ain't getting in that Leicester team, is No. no like I mean, like that, saying,
2: i don't ever feel sorry for him. That's what I was getting. No. At. I mean, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll be honest. I think, I think, um, I think you may have heard my, uh, my laughter, um, when he kicked the ball straight into a uh, dead from a from a penalty. I mean, that was I mean, uh, no, that was, poor, poor I mean, that, kicking, was wasn't that was hysterical personally,
3: from my point of view. I mean, they, view. they make you feel a lot better about Gloucester, don't they? Because They you know, do, because, let's be honest... On, you know, yeah. I, I feel we've got players that might actually click, and I was just talking to a friend about yeah. this earlier, I think we might actually click sooner or later, and at least we're creating chances, like Lars keeps saying, and I don't think he's wrong, we're just yeah. butchering them, which is worrying, but we're creating chances. Leicester sometimes look like they could play rugby for about five hours and not score.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, what we're going to do now is... Uh, um, I'm gonna sort of from this pod, uh, we're gonna to segue to uh, my chat with Walker, uh, Walker Marshall, who is a, a rugby fan from uh, Edinburgh who travels down to Gloucester every week, um, which is again, as I said, insane. Uh, and then I know I've driven that,
1: fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did uh, it once <laughs> to the Edinburgh game, and that was did a did it nut. once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've I've done Newcastle a couple of times, you know, just drive up there. Watch the game come back. I mean, Edinburgh is a fair chunk further than Newcastle. It's
2: another and three or four hours on the top. Yeah,
1: and to do it every week, that is serious devotion. <laughs>
0: As mentioned at Start the Pod, um, I'm now joined by a very uh, special guest, um, a chap who I think some of you may know if you listen to uh, Radio Gloucestershire and um, you may be aware of his story, uh, Walker Marshall, um, all the way from Leith in Edinburgh in Scotland, and is someone who remarkably goes to every single home game, uh, which is a dedication that I have to be honest is bordering on the insane, but we'll come to that in a minute. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Walker. It's very kind of you to take some time out of your evening, particularly when you're working night shifts and things Not at like all that.
4: Appreciate the invite.
0: No, it's, it's really good to have you. Um, what I wanted to do is start off. Really, is where did your love of rugby come from?
4: Um, that was school, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I started growing up playing football um, up until sort of high school, um, and when I went to the high school I attended it didn't have a football team anymore. So rugby was the the sport of choice. So everybody seemed to be doing it. So I kinda joined in and thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: What position did you end up playing?
4: I I was hooker for a number of years. Ah, right. Now see I I was the dark arts of front row.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm very much as this. So the group, the group that we're in, the, the guys who are part of the pod, we all are very different in terms of our um, our expertise. So I played wing. Uh, Jim was a scrum half, but a frustrated flanker in many ways. Russ was a prop, uh, although you look at him now and you'd never think so. Snowy was a fullback and very much only a fullback. If you did see him ever try and play any position, it was quite terrifying. And Loz was a a centre, a frustrated centre, who ended up playing second row before he did his neck in. So um, we we kind of spread the gamut of of the positions, uh, none of us very well. Did you ever play at any sort of decent level or was it just school? Did you play club Um, for
4: that one? No, it was was mainly school. Um, My younger brother, he sort of took the reins. um, got hit with a transit van when I was about 17, 18. Um, so that knackered my playing days. Um, but my younger brother, he took up the mantle and started playing hooker and went on to represent sort of Selkirk and Royal High up in Edinburgh. So yeah, he's done very, very well for himself.
0: Yeah, that's decent. Yeah, I mean, so Selkirk is one of those names that a few people have watched um, the old uh, the rugby special back in the day. Selkirk yeah, was one of the names yeah. that used to get mentioned a Definitely, few times and seen things like that. Absolutely. Um, so the, the obvious question now is, so you're a rugby fan, uh, yep. a Scottish rugby fan, obviously, you know, you're from Scotland, you'll follow them. Uh, did you have a
4: Scottish team to follow? Uh, the, the closest one is obviously Edinburgh. Um, mm. And they sort of average maybe two and a half, three thousand fans to a game. Um, so when you think about Murrayfield with that amount of people, it's, it's not that many. Um, But they are currently building a new facility out at, I believe it's Megatland at the back of um, Borromere High School, or out that way. So it's going to hold, I do believe it's about 10,000 seats. So it's going to become a sort of prime location for for Edinburgh Rugby, and it'll give them a dedicated place to, to play their home games.
0: Yeah, I mean that would be better. I and mean, I, 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 sort of, I went to the. Uh, I've only been to Murrayfield once, and that was for the European final back in 2017, where Gloucester played Stad, um, yep. and there were what, uh, twenty thousand, I think, at the time for that game, and it it felt empty with twenty thousand people. So, absolutely, two or three thousand people is it's, it's a bit Well, You can't create an atmosphere in a in a, in a ground that big. Definitely um, not. So, why Gloucester? So, what was the What was the catalyst for coming I... and starting to watch Gloucester?
4: Again, it goes back to sort of playing at school growing up or watching it on TV. Um, a lot of the, at the time, Scottish players were having that exodus to the, the what is now the Premiership, given the financial situation, etc. of everything that was going on. Um, and one of my favourite players was Jim Hamilton at the time. Um, and, of course, he came down. And then you had players like say, Dickinson, Osh. Lawson, Laidlaw, Patterson, and even just watching it on the TV. And the one that sticks in my mind was the Patterson breakaway try, um, where he ran near enough the full end of the pitch under the posts. And on the telly time, I mean, the, the shed went absolutely berserk. And again, the James Cook sort of, you know, 81st minute kick yeah. on, on the TV looked absolutely brilliant fun. And it was one of those things where it stuck in the mind of, you know, one day I'm going to get there. And, and luckily enough, I've managed to do that.
0: Yeah, because it's it's quite interesting. I, when I was sort of when you talking before, and I was I was intrigued to f- figure out when did you support support start supporting Gloucester? Because for like myself and the other guys, we've grown up here and we've kind of supported them from since a young age. So it's yeah. interesting for you, from your point of view, kind of becoming a supporter at a later stage and and having that TV influence because that's something that. You know, none of us would have really thought of. So that's that's, that's really interesting to know. I'm, I'm, yeah, like the
4: the Premiership was it was covered a lot more up here, um, more than sort of the the sort of Pro 14 era, as it were. That wasn't or still doesn't really, in my opinion, get as much coverage as sort of the Premiership. So you know, nine times out of ten, if you're watching a game up here on the TV, it is going to be some form of either Premiership or European rugby.
0: Yeah. Did you... I mean, funnily enough, you mentioned Chris Patterson then and I'll be honest, we gave him a bit of a, bit of a stick over yeah, in the I'm last just pod.
4: He's not everybody's cappuccino. No, well, unfortunately for him,
0: he was one of these players that joined us and we all thought, oh, this is... We mentioned it on last week's pod and it was all about the fact that we we thought that he was going to be the missing key uh, bit of jigsaw. He's going to kick all our points. Um, yep. And unfortunately... It, it didn't work out that way. One, he couldn't get in the team a lot of the time, and secondly, it just his kicking stats for us weren't particularly good. Which
4: yeah, and I I think we're still struggling to find that kick. even now.
0: we are. Yeah, since Ludo, I mean, realistically, since Ludo, we have had a, a you know, if we get we get seventy percent, if that's 75 percent, so it is yeah, it is a do well
4: forget we into the seventies, absolutely.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, and you also mentioned that a try that he scored. Uh, I'll be honest, we were we were talking about Chris Patterson. The only try we could remember was against Bath away. A similar thing, we broke away and scored um, a sort of sliding pitch. But um, uh, yeah, I'll have to try and dig that one out with these scores at King's Home. Um, now, the, the one thing here is, not, again, some of the guys, people who might know of you and and, and heard you on Radio Gloucestershire a few weeks ago about, because um, you were able to go to the game against Quinns. Yeah. Yes, yep, none of us were, so well done one for that. <laughs> yeah, you were one of the lucky few. Um, now, so you're going down every week. I think you said you said to me you missed one game in the last two three years, which was a Sunday European game. Um, yeah, and, it yeah. was. Yeah, and and I've I've worked. I'm just thinking in my head now. I'm working out that I think I've missed three games uh, due to childcare issues and uh, and being away. So you've beaten me, who lives five miles down the road. Um, can you give us a breakdown of your normal day when you're going to watch Gloucester? I say a three o'clock kickoff because we'll we'll work off that then. Your normal day for a three o'clock kickoff. When do you yeah.
4: start? Um, if it's Saturday, 3 o'clock, normally um, I'm up about maybe 6 o'clock um, on the road for about half past 7, quarter to 8. Um, just a nice general drive down, couple of pit stops if required. Um, park the car up. Um, if, I'm, if I'm staying over, normally I'd try and get a hotel, um, park the car, then it would be a couple of beers, um, meet up with a lot of people that I've, or a few friends I've met, especially being in the shed, um, they tend to find they sort of congregate around the, the pubs, etc. So nip in for one or two, um, go at the game, have a good laugh. Um, afterwards, it's normally food, beer, and then back to the hotel. Um, but I've only done that maybe, I don't know, about maybe five or six times. Um, a lot of the time, if I'm working the Sunday night, once the game's finished, um, I'll be back on the road, um, obviously minus the beers and straight back up the road.
0: And what time would you be getting back
4: in? Uh, let's see, finishes back at five. So I'm normally home for about midnight, 1 o'clock Crikey. in the morning. And that's from about a, a six in the morning start. So
0: that that is a that's a long time. Nineteen
4: day. twenty hour day, roughly, give or take.
0: I mean, as I said in the intro, there is a slight tinge of insanity to this because if I could kind of understand it almost if it was Saracens and you win in every week. But going all the way down to Gloucester to watch us get stuffed, for example, which has happened on normal more than one occasion, uh, I just not sure. I mean I struggle. I struggle to um to do to sort of cope with a, a defeat generally, but to have, say, seven hours to stew on it on the way back up to Leith is a
4: It kinda sort of allows me to get home at a normal, sort of level headed <laughs> feeling really because I can vent at other drivers on the road going home
0: <laughs> So what we're saying is up until about Birmingham you, you, it's best to stay out of your way is that what we're saying?
4: Yeah that would be that would be about the best bit yeah definitely
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've just got visions of that now in my head that's good uh, what, uh, One of the things that kind um, of intrigues me really on this is that um, do you go to away games? Do you get to like Newcastle, well Newcastle sale or do you go to any of those games at all or do you uh,
4: The way that my roster works, uh, normally I don't get to many away games, if any at all, um, depending how it falls. But I was lucky enough to go to all the away European games, so Montpellier, Toulouse, Galway, um, the three fantastic trips. But now that Newcastle are sort of up and coming, I might hopefully be able to get down. I've been um, down there once or twice actually, and they've got a nice wee ground to be fair to them, It's, it's quite nice. Um, yeah, but, do, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be able to. I think that's the thing where I'm maybe not doing, or maybe not. There's there's games I want to go to to tick off the list. Like I've heard Sandy Park's quite a good day out. Yep. So that'll probably be a weekend away. Uh, make the most of it and you know meet up with a few guys. Um, went to Allianz Park last season for the playoff. I um, mm. managed to get down to that. Um and I think AJ Bell or Sale I've been there once and I think that's been about it, really, on the away front. So, I'll, I'll be
0: honest, the AJ Bell I would never go about. I mean I went once and it was dreadful. It took us like it took us an hour to get out of the car park and it's not a nice that, part of Manchester.
4: Yeah, that was quite uh I mean it only took sort of might three and a half hours to get down, but it was like five and a half, six to get back by the time you got out of the car park and what have you. So I might as well have just driven to the Gloucester.
0: Exactly. Uh, and then equally, Alliance Park, I've only ever been once. I went the first year we, they moved there um, and instant thought was dump and um, never been back. So uh, yeah, I mean, generally just, you know.
4: It's one of those grounds where you go and you sort of see the players and the, the sort of the value of the players on the park and the quality of the rugby that they were playing and you turn up to the ground and you think, wow, is this it? Yeah. And you compare that to sort of some of the European stadiums. I mean, Mopelli um, and stuff like that was you know was out of this world it was really really good
0: yeah and and so i went to toulouse um in january and uh or february yeah. wherever it was um and um seems been an awfully long time ago now uh, and again yeah the, that that's a brilliant stadium bit of a pig to get to i will be honest it was a bit of a trek out of, out of town it wasn't the easiest place to uh, to get to but um yeah i mean i i think the european trip certainly is one of those things that if you're a supporter of gloucester if you get the opportunity to go on a european trip it's definitely worthwhile yeah absolutely. you've got to have a go yeah it's brilliant um now sort of finishing off now now you, you so you're based up in in Edinburgh you're in Leith uh yeah. and I kind of fell in love a little bit with Hibernian and I believe you are a Hibernian uh, supporter
4: I do um, the the round ball game as hubs yes definitely
0: so I I, I I'm a I'm a, a round ball fan as well I'm a Southampton fan and um I think I just like the, I must like the pain and suffering. It's just, it, must, it must be inherent within me. <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, now, Hibs, for example, are, are famous for a a, a very, what well, I think is one of the best songs of any sport, football, rugby, whatever. Um, and it's something I kind of want Gloucester to have. We don't have one other than the, Gloucester Gloucester chant. Um yep. there is the we are the Gloucester boys, but only about five people know that in the shed. So that's that's a difficult one to get around the ground.
4: And again, it only comes out when we've actually won at a decent rate as well.
0: Exactly. It tends to be the big games and and there's about I say, there's only about five people in the shed who know it, and everyone else kind of just does the bit we are the Gloucester boys bit. <laughs> um but yeah, so Sunshine and Leith is it, I think is as I said is one of the best songs for any yep. uh, team. Is it is it something that um when you go to watch Hibbs, is it is it just that sort of similar atmosphere to King's Home? I always oh, got that. That's the way I kind of look at it now. I think it seems to way that sort of
4: Yeah, thing. I mean, we were quite famous up in Scotland, probably maybe even down um, sort of UK possibly, because for us, on the Scottish equivalent of the FA Cup, it took us 114 years to win it, um, which was back in 2016. And... To have twenty six thousand people sing "Sunshine and Leith, as you were saying, um, it was just—it was amazing. The hairs in the back of my neck yeah. were up. It was just absolutely great. And as you rightly said, to have something like that for Gloucester, with the supporters that they've got and the people that turn up week in week out, whether it's home or away, I think would be a fantastic idea.
0: It is. It's, unfortunately, though, I always think it's one of those things. It should never be something that the club forces on them, on, a, on a team. Not, it should be no. the. It should be the supporters. And it's just yep. its just one of those things, I don't think quite how you would go about doing it, but its um, I've always thought it'd be lovely to have, I don't really care what song it is, but just a song that is just identifiably Gloucester and it's something that right. everyone knows. Yeah. And
4: Even if they played maybe, you know, five, ten seconds of it as the players are running out the tunnel before kickoff to get everybody fired up, you know, that'd yeah. be, you know, that's half the battle.
0: Exactly. Um, well, I think... Uh, as I said, it's I'm I'm very much um, amazed and um, impressed by the dedication that you show in relation to Gloucester Rugby. I oh, um, appreciate that. If anyone, well, if I think it's it's brilliant, and um, I, I I'm kind of almost uh, embarrassed to say that you know even missing two or three games compared to Going from Edinburgh for every game, home game, it's just it's incredible. Um, what I would say though. Is as and when we get back to normal and we are able to, um, to watch rugby at stadiums again, which unfortunately might be some time now. Um, it might be, yeah. It might be, but let's, I, I, I'm really hoping that we, uh, we get the opportunity to everyone to meet up and um, we share a pint. And um, I'm also hoping that anybody else who is um, listening to this pod, uh, when Walker is coming down for these games, it'd be lovely if people can start putting him up so he doesn't have to pay any, for any of these hotels anymore. So he can actually I'll, have I'll a be awesome. beer and a
4: curry. I have had offers from guys that you know that I go to games with and they've been the hospitality from the, everybody down in the shed has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and that was one of the reasons I sort of decided to or was able to come back was when at my first game, I stood in the shed and I stood next to a group of guys and every one of them at the end of the game said, oh, if you ever come back, you're more than welcome to come stand with us. It's been great. Unluckily for them, that was the following week and then the week after, and I've never left, so yeah, it'll take a lot to get rid of me now.
0: That's brilliant, and did you get, Did you manage, what was the other question, final question, is did you manage to get a ticket to the Japan Scotland game, or were you not no. watching this then?
4: Uh, no, I wasn't successful in, in getting uh, a ticket for that, but I wasn't a season ticket holder then either. No. Um, I've only sort of became a, a season ticket holder over the last couple of seasons, so you know, going forward this season, um, obviously looking forward and Although the season ticket money is being paid and what have you, you know, we'll get back to games when we're, we're safe and able to do so. But until then, we'll just have to keep watching it on TV.
0: We will do. Um, thank you so much, Walker. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure You're to talk welcome. to you. Um, and as I said, when we do, do go back to the uh, uh, to the normal routine of getting down to King's Home, um, pints on me. All
4: right. I appreciate that. Take you up on it, definitely. Cheers, Walker. Thanks now. Bye-bye.
0: So for the final part of the pod this week No kind of main part really I suppose um, We're going to talk about Two aspects really The first is That crowds are now Unlikely to be allowed back into stadiums Until well, Realistically February, March At the earliest Possibly if if at all Um, And then Knock-on effect in that now rugby, um, like a lot of sports, but rugby seems to be as a sport, as a you know as a general sport, probably more badly affected than others, um, may not exist in the the way that we see it today. Um, going f- much further forward, uh, Gloucester Rugby, um, the CEO Martin Saint-Quentin and sorry Lance Bradley and the owner Martin Saint-Quentin sorry, um, both came out in the press and said that without fans, that we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves for more than six months. So that's what March. Um, which means we wouldn't complete the season. And Gloucester are in a better position than most, which is pretty concerning. Um, the chances are that there is going to be at least one rugby club, probably in the next three or four months is going to go pop. Um, and it all comes down to uh, at some point, really I've got to look at it, it comes down to um fans being allowed back in the stadiums um there's no easy solution for this so what what we all? what we' all going to what we saying
2: Well, rather than pisses on some of those people's bonfires you say the club's been run poorly, doesn't it
3: yeah i mean
2: <laughs> we are we're, we're better we're in a better position than most it seems, so, and we've got six months
4: to live.
3: What I find frustrating Loz, is based on that is conspiracy theories seem to be the thing lately and just seeing some of the comments on Facebook there was people saying well I won't be investing my season ticket money next year because the club betrayed Acoma and there's loads going on behind the scenes it's like why are you believing that you know why would you know I, I just it infuriates me that now more than ever people are still moaning about what a shirt looks like
2: they wear, oh they're, they're, they're probably the same people that. who wear a mask over their chin and not over their mouth and nose, you know
3: yeah anyway. it, it's just it's infuriating that you want to focus on these little petty things when you know to be fair like lance bradley whatever you think of him i, I quite like a lot of what he does i you know i don't say the clubs run amazingly well but we we're, if we we're wanted a better run club something's going right but i can't imagine he came out and said that lightly
0: this is the problem i i, I do if you're an owner of a business you do not come out and say we've got six months left yeah. it doesn't happen because if you do that generally people panic and start taking the money out of the business now in this particular case sports clubs are slightly different and i think there's two bits of it. One that if the if the, if the government aren't going, aren't willing or able, um, which is perfectly reasonable, to allow fans back in the in stadiums, um, there has to be a consideration of a bailout. I I
2: think
0: and, and fundamentally that's what it's going to come down know, to. No, no, I agree. I mean, we need
2: to be careful this doesn't go down to the political route. So I don't want to. no, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, 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 no I, I'm not I saying agree. it is. What I'm
0: saying, what I'm saying is that I, I'm I'm trying to make sure we don't. We you know we're not. Going to be talking about parties and political things here, but what I'm saying is that clubs like Gloucester, um, and you know, I was speaking to Sam Roberts the other, the other day, and we were talking about Bedford, and he was talking in a similar sort of fashion. Gloucester contribute a huge amount. The club contributes a huge amount to not only the city, but the county of Gloucester. Yeah. Oh yeah. Financially, no, you know, not not even you know, this is di- directly and indirectly. It's it's a massive draw. It's, it's a, a huge then money. It's it's, it's, it's tourism, tourism, it's it's tourism, but you think about King's Own Road alone. There's probably four businesses on King's End Road that would probably go bust almost overnight yeah. if Gloucester rugby wasn't there.
3: I, I think that's the main point for me, Ed, is you've got to ask what does the game add as well culturally to people's lives, especially at the moment. Like lockdown's been shit for a lot of people in a lot of ways and sport is an outlet for them as yep. someone who's had some crap news the last few weeks i came on i don't want to talk about the bath game too much but after a rough day just seeing that score at the time i had out the time it lifted me a bit if people rely on sport as an outlet you know the last 10 minutes i, I, I kind of just
1: you know <laughs> yeah. turned
3: up that week
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. i think i think you're absolutely right rest that, that that sport in general has traditionally been a very working class thing, hasn't it? And actually the people that used to go to uh, premier league football matches and, you know, support rugby, they're, they're kind of, don't have a huge amount of money to spend on no, stuff. And they and invest a huge can't... proportion of their expendable incomes. So in there's a lot in their club. Exactly.
3: Yeah. And there's a lot going on here. So you, you need the fans helping to buy in. And I think that's partly what they're trying to do. It, there's a lot of posturing going on now, isn't there? This is putting pressure on the government to do the bailout. And I was a bit disappointed without being political to see their first response was solely focused on football and saying, Well, we rely on the premier League clubs to help out the lower league clubs. My first thoughts on that are yeah and but then also does that mean you're going to ask amazon to bail, bail out like your local high street shops because that's the same principle you're asking businesses yeah. to help out they're in businesses.
1: they're in competition with each other yeah. and they're not in even in the same ballpark and, and,
3: and yeah. it, they've done this before they've thrown muck at the football clubs and to be fair borrowing a couple of high profile cock-ups at the start clubs have rallied around their local communities and i think yeah. you can see the same for sport you know gloucester have done various things to help out the community where they can they they you know people can People can call me out on this and challenge me, but I think our clubs add a lot of value to what goes on around them. They could do a lot better, equally, but they could do a lot worse. And you would see what happens if that club falls through. And it's there's, like Ed said, there would be a vacuum in this city.
2: Yeah, Lars. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say one thing that's going to come across extremely political, and I don't mean it to because i was the one who said we've got to watch where we go with this. But I'm going to say one thing which I think is going to resonate with just about every single person listening to this pod. It's the fact that you can go down the pub and sit with 100, 200 people spread out in the pub and watch game of rugby, but you can't go to an open-air stadium and watch it. They yeah. need to start pulling their heads out their asses, looking at it and going, right, if your stadium holds 16,000... If you're socially distanced away, you should be able to get 5,000 in there comfortably.
3: Loss through 5,000 out there. I think... You look at some of it on Twitter. Is it? I think Leicester said they need ten thousand to break even.
1: Yeah, well, like, said we To it, it, so land, today. Now, I mean, well, that's half the capacity. We're nowhere. No way. Well, what do we say to break even? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, but that—that's the thing. This—this this is the problem, isn't it? Is there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nuance here because it's not just getting people in. So, like, land. I think we were saying as well, that's eight thousand people. That's ticket prices. That's buying drinks. That's buying food. There's a lot more. To this, and just simply getting people through. Oh,
1: and Lance has mentioned that in the past. um, Yeah, that it's it's not just about um, getting people to games and and increasing gate. It's about getting people to spend more money, and that's um, some of the stuff that we've been involved in. You know, doing the beer tastings and stuff like that. They're really, really keen to engage with supporters to find out what we want and what we're willing to spend money on, because they need to get more money per head. For you know, just to keep the club going, and and I
3: think that's a long term ambition, Jim. And I completely agree with that. I think what the point I'm trying to make in the short term is we need to get fans back in the stadium, but at the numbers that they can do, and I understand all the safety implications, it's not going to be enough. There's got to be more. Yeah, what are they going to do? Do do
1: they just go, Well, we're going to charge everyone double? so if they said we'll have 5,000 people in but because we're only having 5,000 people demand will go up so we're going to charge double which to be fair supply and demand so yeah. the
0: only thing I'd say is season tickets so if you say for example 8,000 people is what they need to break even
1: We've well, got around
0: about again, seven right? in a bit thousand season ticket holders. That's but it was so then I that, think that money's already already allocated to it I, it. I was the last figure
2: Steve Vaughan told me it was about eight thousand
3: Yeah, I think
0: we're a little bit down on that now. And but, I think
3: but, yeah. the other thing was, I think the key was, and I think Lance said this, it's not just about you know, you you talk about the difference between tickets sold and actual attendance yeah. that 8000 is actual attendance so that's requiring all the season ticket holders to rock up turn up and spend well, money buying a couple of well,
2: this this is the thing isn't it we it's not just about getting 8000 people in to break even there's about 8000 people in and spending preferably at least 10 to 15 10 to 15 exactly
3: and i think that's I can't see it happening. And I think that was the point I was trying to make is you need to get fans back in first and foremost, but equally, I think there's going to be, there's got to be a bailout somewhere that pressure. And I think that's partly why this is starting because it's not just coming from us now, is it? You're seeing. Well, every club. I mean, every, every club,
0: every club, every rugby club is is behind this. I mean, it, it, there's a, a knock on effect in that um, the RFU have drastically reduced. I mean, I want to say drastically. I mean, pretty much killed off the championship and the lower, the lower league system and, and the ladies game and the ladies and game
3: sevens. Seven. sevens
0: So, you know, let's be fair. The RFU are, and I'm, I'm not necessarily blaming the RFU here, the RFU they're are under financial too. pressure. They're a business yeah. as well. They're under financial pressure, but they, and their main revenue sources through England games, which is tickets, which is people on bums on seats. Now, again, similar thing. They haven't got that coming through the door. Um, so they're now going to be in a position where they can't afford for to Help the championship and lower yeah. levels of rugby, and we mentioned football at the beginning and, and um, I know loz has got a tweet and i 'll come on to loz 's tweet in a second because it 's quite interesting about where we sort of look at this from a um, from a football point of view and a rugby point of view, and why bailout bailouts should be and shouldn 't be now i 'm just going to make a point here which was uh, i think you meant it meant i think it was mentioned that the premiership need or Premier League sorry need to help the lower league clubs. I agree with that entirely. I think there has to be a. uh, I think the Premier League do need to help out lower league clubs. They've got a duty of
1: care. They have a duty of
0: care for that. that, That's one part of it. Um, But in the same, and this is kind of where that bailout issue comes in again, and where a club like, say, for example, we took a club like, um, uh, let me think, um, Tranmere Rovers. Okay, so Tramway Rovers in is you know, you guess you've got other clubs up in that part of the world, the Merseyside, big two Merseyside clubs. But Tramway Rovers are the heart of that community. Um again, all those businesses that are dotted around that ground, all those businesses that rely on six, seven thousand people if that coming in every every other week. You've got clubs like in in like, I mean, you know, I fan, but Portsmouth. Portsmouth Football Club is an enormous, huge part of that community. It is pretty much the only centre focal point for that community other than the naval dockyards. So, you know, that if they were to go bust, which nearly happened a few years ago, they that would be a huge, huge loss, not only to the city of Portsmouth, but the surrounding areas. Um, and this is what's the problem. The rugby clubs we're talking about aren't just businesses. These are the hearts of communities and the hearts of people's lives in some cases. Sorry, Russ, you go ahead. mate. I was
3: going to say, I think the other key, the, there's, so there's a key, I completely agree, Ed. As a Leeds fan, you know, you're watching Leeds, who are a big club in that community. The, the football team's massive in that club, in that city. And they've not been able to have fans back in for their first return in 20 odd years. That makes a big difference to a lot of fans there. So there's that side of it flip this whole narrative as well if the premiership the premiership football team i agree they have a duty of care they can probably financially afford to help out if we threw that back at rugby gloucester said they're going out of business in six months yeah well this is a pre- how a premier rugby no. so i would love for gloucester to be able to turn around to a team like Hartbury, who we used to have a relationship with and go you've done loads for us we're going to help you out but the club just can't do it so yeah. it's just a narrow-minded view then, i think it's a yeah, But where does that
1: stop because you you mentioned Hartbury which is a championship club but then you go all the, you know, yeah. sit, and then you go down to Sinter- long Leavens, you know, Leavens, yeah. my club that i coach you know under elevens at you think well hang on they're really struggling because we've just been told we're not going to be playing even the birmingham road to road to recovery silly obscure game of touch that we're now supposed to be playing with the kids it's even that we can't play against other sides so we're not having that interaction with other clubs. The, the, <clears throat> the bar take is massively down. All the events—I mean, Long Levens put on so many um, extracurricular type of events. You know, different comedy nights and all that sort of stuff. Trying to get money in, and all of that is just gone. Yeah. And, so- and actually, if you rely on if you rely on that sort of money, and it's not a huge amount of money, but if you rely on those little bits to boost you here and in there
2: yeah
1: yeah it's not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of
2: things but it's significant to them is what i'm to sure like, yeah
3: we've jim you've been treasurer of doubters and you know that we like so when we played and ran a club it wasn't a lot of money that we ran with
1: but it, it was a lot for us but you need you, you need those few quids in because you know you've got 150 quid 200 quid And obviously, the the higher up the leagues you go, it's just going to be amplified, isn't it?
3: Exactly, and it just highlights how big this issue is because if Gloucester go bust, it has a knock on effect to all the clubs underneath. Well, it's not so so much the clubs either, is it?
2: You know, how's Teague's going to do? How's Heritage going to get Heritage? Because we don't know what's happening with the ownership. But then you've got the what was you see, Kings I'm in? You've got the Chippy as well. There's four businesses straight away in the space of 100 yards of the stadium, the Dean's Walk. There's another pub.
1: You know, yeah, you, can, yeah. you know, you, you like to you like to go up into the Abbey to have a beer, you know, pre and post match. I've met you in there a couple of times after a game. That place is rammed full of Gloucester supporters. They don't rely on Gloucester supporters. That's not their main trade. But if you took that away, that's going to be a chunk of their, you know, in their anywhere in Gloucester,
2: stomp. anywhere in Gloucester, in the centre, will suffer massively. Yeah, it's not
1: just you think things thing, the like pel- just, the pelican just, would be you know it's a huge huge amount of money that, just a that little local the
3: it. little local shop next to it where people might go get some a, a squat a coke or something beforehand that will have a big you know that's a big footfall for them um exactly it's also
2: the family thing as well isn't there? so the one person goes to the stadium the other parent might go shopping with, and take the kids with them and then they go shopping and the other person goes to the stadium. And uh, uh, um, the, there's also the take of the shop as well as uh, it, it, the knock-on is just it's enormous. Hence and the, and, comment and, and it, yep. hence the comment about it being a form of tourism,
3: as much as it pains me to admit it, you imagine Bath. Well, exactly. That, I mean, I, I think, think I read if that team.
0: I think there. I read that they worked out that if if Bath Rugby moved out of the city centre, because this is one of the issues relating yeah. to the the, the 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 ground, they were saying that there are going to be there's traders in bath city center that would lose something like 25 to 30 percent of their annual income because yeah. the, the the supporters will you know use the, well, this the, is, like that because that's,
1: that's really bath have been going on about their new stadium for god knows how long 20 years um and you just think right all the plans that they've had for redeveloping the wreck have been shot down and, and oh, are we going to do an out one and they were like yeah all right whatever and I just think the club should have just called the called the council's bluff and just gone right we're building out you're not letting us do what we want to do which is build at the wreck we're going out of town hmm. and by the way it's going to cost your take you know your profits because you've got yeah. all your ground rents and all the rest of it that they the, the council make money off and just break down how much it would cost bath you know if if they moved out and then gone Or... We could do this, but we we need to sign on the dotted line in the next three months and just go with it, because yeah. what's happened is it's just gone on and on and on and on and on, and actually how on earth has the wreck still got a temporary stand-up that they're not allowed to have during the summer when there's not, I, not even anyone sat in it? Different.
0: The, wreck, the wreck is a slightly different issue in the fact that there's covenants on the ground and things like that, and that kind of just it's, it's a,
2: a complex issue. Yeah, well, They've also passed the development, haven't they, so it's kind of thrown all the covenants I, out the window now. I think just to keep the to conversation
3: on on that, what I'm saying is there's so many clubs. It's not just Gloucester, is it? We could because people might think, well, Gloucester's a rugby town, but it would have a massive impact. Leicester, on Leicester is Leicester,
0: Leicester is not a rugby town. No. You know, they want they, Leicester City, as we record, they have just beaten Manchester City 5-2. Um, you know, they're a big, they're a very, they're a decent football
1: club. It and wasn't that dec- long ago that you know the average gate was higher. For the uh, for the for the rugby than it was for the football. No, but exactly. North,
3: and Northampton across North the Hampton, Hampton. um You know, this Ooh. is a
1: massive, massive issue,
3: and I just think you know, I, th- there's loads of other things you can say about COVID and the politics of it, but it's just it's very short-sighted to be dismissive of sport in a. You've okay. got to look after your own, you know, in so many ways. Um,
0: it, it, it's. I worry. I do worry um, that. again, again, I'm not being too political here, but I do worry whether there is a lot of stuff they have to deal with and a lot of things they're going to have to cope with and and consider. But my only concern and my only worry is that this might kind of almost fall by the wayside. They might not realise until it's a little bit too late how important this is. And I think it's it's kind of incumbent on all rugby fans, um, this, and this is, again, regardless of your individual politics, um, I believe it's, it's really important for rugby fans to sort of kind of start to badger MPs.
1: I do, I do get it. It's, it's kind of like, where do you draw the line? You've got to yeah, draw the line somewhere. And unfortunately, they've been bailing out and paying huge, huge, huge sums of money to so many different businesses that they've kind of got to the point where you've just got to bail out absolutely every, everyone.
2: Because I
1: mean, what I would say is I don't think the clubs want bailouts.
2: The clubs want 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 fans. They want fans in. There
3: needs to be. We need a sustainable solution. You know, bailout. It won't work long term. I think the thing you do what, and this is where our fans come into this, isn't it? It's like. You can piss and moan about how shit we've been on the pitch. You can piss and moan that you don't like a shirt. You can moan that the club have been crap at responding about the season ticket scenario. This, that, and the other. If if you don't get behind the club now, in six months, none of that shit can matter. No, there won't be a club. So, which
1: is a nice, which is a nice segue, actually. Because um, yeah. are we gonna are we gonna move on to even if you don't like it, support support the club and buy the new change shirt?
2: Well, the shirts—it might be worth a fortune
1: in it. yeah. like a few years. Or, home. I mean,
3: if
0: you don't like the chain shirt and you don't like the home shirt, there's plenty of other stuff that the club. So you, yeah. Buy some change shirts.
3: I mean, it's it's a tough point, isn't it? Because uh, you know, you're calling people out there, and I appreciate times are hard financially. We, have yeah, everyone's I, yeah, taken it's an important point, yeah. and you you can and, and there's a the world is a very fucking angry place at the moment. We're all angry at different things and I understand that a lot of what people are saying online is because they're just pissed off and nowhere to aim at it. But now's not the time to sort of fire into the well, club, really. Just, I, just I'll just take idea, us to ninth this year if we can go again next year, to be honest. It doesn't yeah. feel important, the league position you know. is irrelevant now. It's it just doesn't feel important. Well, And, yeah. and, and, and it genuinely, I, I, originally, before that announcement came out, I think the thing I've missed the pod last year, I think the thing I wanted to say to people is, however shit you think ninth is now, I think we were all old enough to remember we were one kick away from being relegated that was under the post. And thanks to Tim Stimson, the club stayed up. I think now is just as dangerous I would, as I would
1: much rather be in Gloucester's position, scraping into Europe. Exactly. You know, hopefully, um, rather than either in Worcester's position, who have just perennially been relegation, you know, candidates. And, you know, I'm looking at um, the Financial Times at the moment, what they've just slid from uh, six, is that six million pound loss to eight million pound loss. You know, that's That's an impressive research, Jim. And this is, this is is the 17, 18. I I was looking for a different graph, but the only one I could find was the uh, one in the FT. Um, But I think, but it's yeah, ch- but you know you got wasps that are playing some fantastic rugby, but they're recording huge losses and coming to go back to football thing. Eighteen point three
2: million pounds. Yeah, they got go to the yeah. they got a fund as well. Yeah, you know you, you go
1: back to the football thing. If you've got a billionaire bankrolling you and they don't really mind losing ten million quid a year, it's fine. But the majority of rugby clubs, unfortunately, well, not. Well, all, let's be
0: honest. Um, Tim. All, all but all but two of them. I've got billionaire uh, uh, sorry all, all but two are I would say owned by people who aren't billionaires the two yeah. are owned by billionaires are Bristol and Bath and let's be honest and let's remember this Bristol they all the guy also owns Bristol City Football Club hmm. and um, at some point he may have to uh, particularly if it gets to a point with Rugby Union he may have to choose yeah it's not, and, going
2: and, and I don't, to, It's going I'm to be a shock to his, to his funds if Bristol City go up if he wants to keep them. That so going cost. Yeah,
3: and I think you can see other things. So Exeter, who are probably quite good financial footing, a lot of theirs. I was talking to this about a friend. A lot of their business model is run on their corporate and yeah, their the hotel their, and hotels yeah, and conferences.
1: They are they are the Devonshire sporting brand. Do, the other thing as well
2: with with Exeter is they, they they're held it up they're held up. The only club that makes a profit, they're also on a pedestal because the average Exeter fan spends twelve or thirteen pound more than a Gloucester supporter does. That's, that's that, because that, that
1: it's average. like having a well, day out. It's
2: in the arse end of nowhere. <laughs> that's why.
1: If you um, go to C- if you go C- to C- Sandy C- Park, it's half hour yeah. on a bus to get anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: uh, and and what's Southwest Com's sponsorship deal compared to most normal clubs exactly. as well. Because Mr. Rowe might not be bankrolling a club, but his company is.
3: So I, I just think basically other than the two Ed has said they're all at risk. You
0: know? I would even say, to be fair though, um, I, Russ, I think everyone's you know, at risk it's because fast, it's a domino right? effect as well. Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, I don't want it. To, I would, there's, there's lots of teams I dislike. Would I want any of them to go to bust? No, because it's far more satisfying oh, beating more teams Harrison's. on the pitch. Well, no, they, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I would like to happen. The irony is, if the championship doesn't reopen, the fuckers never come back up. So let's just get. I, I, if if I was uh, billionaire, not going happen, is
2: it? If the championship doesn't reopen, they just have a thirteen-man shot. No, shot I know, I know, I know, but I think the other so. point.
3: The other point that I thought was utterly moronic on this, that shows how, is so that's Sonia McLaughlin tweet where that's later down someone said, well, what happens if if it does go she So it was a chance to reset and start again and basically hinted at franchises. Now if she thinks that the teams in the south the fans in the southwest would get behind a Bath, Bristol, Gloucester super team or like a Northampton Leicester franchise.
1: Well, I would, I would personally. if, yeah, it if was you had to, Gloucester but... and they played at Home. <laughs> yeah, it, but that's what I mean, Jim. It's,
3: it, that's, that's exactly what's going to
1: happen.
2: But it's that's well, the regional that's... rugby was being played when it was um it wasn't it it was regional rugby was being played years and years in the amateur yeah. era. Yeah, I, the I mean the closest West, which was mostly it was mostly Bath with a with one with Mike Teague and a couple of Bristol players. And they played at the Kingdom because of the fact that was the only place to claim through. I mean, back.
3: the closest you probably get to people putting it aside is the was when you used the County Cup was a big, big thing. County championships, enjoy, yeah. county championships. County Championships, sorry, championship, yeah. Uh, county Cup's very different. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just think you can't say stuff like that. You've got, you know, whatever happens, is so much invested in this model now. You know, yeah. we had that chance to go down franchise regional routes and
1: you either... You either like, wait like to... World Rugby had the chance to have a global season. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the ironic thing. Actually, well, that, that
2: wasn't World Rugby, was it? That was PRL in the top 14. Top 14. Yeah. But
0: this is the ironic thing that I think the absolute financial carnage that's kind of coming out of the fallout of COVID and, and the situation here, it may end up... Eventually, um, it may end up in a in a totally restructured season. It probably will end up with actually no relegation at all. Um, so it will be franchises kind of through the back door, um, but it will be 13 franchises. Um, and we may even end up with a European, like a, a British Super League <clears throat> on the basis that that's probably the only economic model that's going to work. Yeah. It's, it's... it's so ironic it, well, that actually, you were talking about a... earlier
2: about Saracen of... voting to be in the top French top 14. I was thinking that's a death knell for any union then, because if you've got a free-for-all to go into a different league, you just kiss goodbye to any governance. I, on I, yeah, league.
3: I just, I, I can't see, you know... People, you know, you you can't moan about any of this now because I said the world is a very different place to it was this time last year. But
2: if you go into a European league, you're going to you're going to cherry pick certain kind of clubs from each league into the top one, and they're going to but they're going to be ten, twelve, maybe you might go two conferences, so you might have two lots of fourteen. Therefore you're gonna have or oh, two lots of twelve, so it's twenty four teams. You've got to be careful with how many games the teams are playing. So it's twenty four teams there. Then you're gonna have a lower tier below that, which could possibly go and you've got your promotion relegation from that. How does that work? Ultimately what you're gonna get is you're gonna have you're gonna just siphon out the amount of teams down to a few elite which can play in this European League because you you won't get a sponsor. The bloody Challenge Cup still hasn't got a sponsor. How many years has it been in the Cup, Challenge Cup? since it was the Heineken Cup and, and the Parker, the Parker Pen. Pen. yeah. But, uh, yeah. but you do not have a sponsor for that second yeah. level of European competition. If you go down a the European Super League, what makes you think that the lower down leagues, apart from the very top league, is going to have any money in it? Oh, I know, and I you're think... And just that... going to end up with, with, with just those top clubs. And I, mean, I don't think there'll be one of them because we can't finish our own fucking eight. It's, it's going to be
3: a massive... It's a massive knock-on effect, loss as well as you talk supply and demand sponsors are going to have less money to offer to invest in. Exactly. And and so clubs are going to have to take less money anyway. So it's going to become very hard for a lot of clubs to survive, even without fans being back in there now. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's going to be interesting. And the one thing you can say for Gloucester, you know, you look back at what happened with Ackerman and getting rid of those players and people were worried about it. You can kind of see why they've done it. I think think,
1: think we gambled gambled a little bit um, and at the moment I'm feeling really quite confident that the gamble is paying off because I think our salary bills are significantly I've I've said it
3: before, I'll say it again I was a Leeds fan, I would rather Gloucester survive and are middling than go for went all in and went for broke and go bust bust. I would take that Do
1: you know what? Rather than would you that's there's a question. Would you rather win the win the premiership, win the Heineken Cup, but go bust like the year or two after?
0: Well, Saracens might be about to find out. So yeah. Um, yeah. no I mean, is the honest I mean, answer, Jim. No, Absolutely no. no. I, I, I want a club to, I want a club to I, exactly, pass on exactly. to my and children and grandchildren and quite, go, you know. quite.
1: Um, um, a way we Quite. A club that's not doing so well, but you know, we still get behind still, it. Yeah. But
0: they can suffer the pain and agony that we did. Um, the, the, final, the final thing I wanted to actually touch on in this whole issue, and it kind of is there's one other group that we haven't mentioned, and it's a group that... Is really important. It's the players; they need to take a responsibility and an ownership of this. There was story. There was um, a story in the papers over the weekend that uh, Maratoje apparently wanted a million pounds a year um, to play in France. Now, I, personally, you know, on the market maybe of last year or year before, Probably yeah, worth it. Probably worth it. Unfortunately, he isn't now um, because the market isn't there anymore. Um, no one is going to pay a million pounds a year for Maratoje and also bear in mind technically it probably would only be one year um, yeah. so there, there, there
2: was there was something in the rugby paper wasn't it that a, a player who was uh, commanding 250,000 last year now you can probably can command about 90,000 tops yeah, yeah. so right. the, the players have That's got to
0: the up. players have got to and this is you know really important <sighs> look everyone wants to earn the most they possibly can I, I, I get that i'm not i'm not disputing that but the players have got to realize they have to sort of take a bit of responsibility and maybe understand that the most they can earn for maybe the next two, three years is not going to be the same as they would have been earning now. Um, And and, and this goes across the board. This isn't just Gloucester. This is across the board. And I think the players' union need to be quite firm with the players um, that you haven't got one or two going out and going, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this. They need to be, I think, collectively quite strong here because otherwise if they start playing up, the whole thing's gonna crash anyway because they're not, you know, because there's not cl- clubs can't afford to play these players. So it's simple as that, really.
3: There are a lot of players who at the moment this is their career. They've got nothing there's no fallback for them at the moment because they're not far off enough along in their career. Not yeah. everyone has the, what Sarri's had done where it's like you'll get a rugby career and a qualification out of playing for us.
0: And a coffee business.
3: And a coffee yeah, and an ice cream <laughs> fit. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 and a property business. Yeah. And, and four houses to rent out yeah.
0: so um, final thing just briefly uh, we're going to talk about the shirt the new away shirts. now some have suggested it, it it's, uh, it's a uh, and on the basis of we all think we're going to have to buy it anyway to keep the club going but some have suggested <laughs> some have suggested it's like a it's um, a pajamas uh, I like it I think we've all actually kind of quite yeah. like, like it we just prefer dark shorts is that the I yeah, uh, the yeah. I
1: oh, think if you had black, black and shorts and would go really nice black shorts would look really good and that's I good.
3: think in the grand scheme of things the summer for me is there's a lot more problems at the club than what the shirt looks like. If you like moment. it, buy it. If you don't so, like so, it, maybe so wait for next year. And, everyone, everyone
1: buy it. a
2: shirt and if you're wearing white jeans, don't wear the new <laughs> way shirt, wear the home shirt.
1: If you're yes. wearing white jeans, stay home. <laughs> 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 On that show. <shelf. laughs> there we it can't beat that. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Good night, all.